Hello again, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode number eight of the Don't At Me podcast. Today is Saturday, November 10th, 2018. I'm your host, Drew, uh, with my co-hosts, Brock and Jason. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, today's not just any ordinary day. One of our good friends, Kevin Cerna, is a birthday boy. Yay. Shout out to Kevin. Shouts out to Kevin, for sure. All right, well... Uh, today we're going to be getting into uh, a little bit of football, specifically the Le'Veon Bell situation. We're going to do a quick fantasy matchup uh, predictions uh, for this upcoming week. And then we're going to dive into some basketball, specifically the Jimmy Butler trade. And of course, we'll end it with some coffee talk. All right, boys, let's dive right into this. Uh, Jason. Jason, are you, are you present? I am present, guys. Always present. Always present, Jason. Well, I, I have a quick question for you. When it comes to your peanut butter... Do you enjoy it with a crunch of peanut, or do you like a smooth peanut butter? I feel like it depends on my mood. If I'm a happy-going guy in the morning, I like a crunchy peanut butter type. Get that crunch going in between my teeth. Um, but if I feel like if I'm having a, a little sad, you know, it's kind of rainy type of day, I like prefer the creamy kind of peanut butter. So it all depends on how I wake up in the morning. What side of the bed? Brock, what side of the bed did you wake up on this morning? <laughs> so that's an egregious take. There's only one. T- the proper peanut butter is creamy because crunchy peanut butter is simply somebody who was making cre- but- creamy peanut butter. It was too lazy to do their job correctly. They left the, they left the big crunches of peanuts. Why, why don't you just eat peanuts if you want crunchy peanut butter? That doesn't make sense to me. Because we want the crunchiness and also the smooth creaminess at the same time. So you get the best of both worlds. I just don't like alternating textures in my food. Like, how, how difficult is that? Creamy peanut butter is what a normal person eats, especially the jiffy peanut butter with touch of honey. Creamy peanut butter, touch of honey. Oh, my gosh. If you want to talk about delicious peanut butter, that's the only way to eat. You can eat that by itself, and you'll be the happiest person on the planet. You throw peanuts in it, and they get stuck in your teeth. It's just, why why make something so great, so simple? Why, why overcomplicate it? Why create something that isn't there? Why Why put peanuts in your peanut butter? It makes no sense. Looks like we got some takes on both sides of the spectrum. I would definitely have to lean on the side of the crunchy peanut oh, butter. Yes. I like the crunchiness. I like a little crunch in, in each bite. And you know what? Growing up, I was all about the uh, the smooth, creamy niceness. Uh, and you know what? I, I was a slow kid, so I'm sure there's a choking hazard <laughs> back in the day. I do want to say, isn't peanut butter really great, guys? The invention oh. of peanut butter. Whoever made peanut butter is like should be praised day after day after... One little simple, all you need is two pieces of bread and peanut butter, and you call that a meal with milk. It's a miracle. All right, enough talk about peanut butter. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into uh, our, our first news of the day, which, if I can find it, will be football. Le'Veon Bell. Okay, so uh, we do have uh, a little bit of news coming out saying that Le'Veon Bell may not show up at all to training camp or not training camp, to the season. We're in week 10 of the season, (laughs) in case anyone forgot, uh, which would mean that he's ineligible to play for the rest of the year. Uh, Brock, you want to start this one? So something interesting is what happened earlier this week with a player that hadn't played all year, Des Bryant. He shows up, not not in camp, not any sort of football shape. They said they wanted him to lose 5 to 10 pounds. He comes in on the first day of practice and tears his Achilles. You cannot condition yourself in one week to play in an NFL season and the N- line up against NFL athletes. I think Le'Veon Bell may have potentially seen what happened to Dez 
and sees his potential threat of injury for him. And if you tear your Achilles, you're out all of next year. No one's going to pay you to be out for the entire season after he's missing out on an entire season paycheck as it is. I feel like especially if you've sat out this far and you're willing to give up the $8 million that he's given up already, I mean, what's the last $6 million to someone like him? He's clearly proven that he believes in what he's doing. He believes that he can either get that quarterback franchise tag that you get as a positional player the third year of the tag. And, I I mean, it's it's a terrible reason. There's no – nothing good can give up – Nothing good can come out of giving up $10 million. And I I mean, it's it's a terrible choice. It's a terrible decision, in my opinion. If you want to talk about long-term, like financial longevity, especially as a football player, and I don't know his his assets and what he's invested in, but I I just don't see a positive outcome, uh, if you're unless you're going to retire, of giving up $10 million. Jason, put yourself in the shoes of Le'Veon Bell. How do you think you would handle this situation coming up to this point? I honestly would not change a thing. Le'Veon Bell, he's his own machine. He's his own business. I feel like he needs to put himself before the teams. Uh, one thing to say is I feel like he, people say that he's losing all this money from missing these games, and I understand he's losing a lot of money. But the, the thing is sponsorships. I feel like Le'Veon Bell is a very sponsorship per, type of person. It's, it's his uh, personality. So I feel like he can kind of gain some of the money back. And also I feel like giving that rest to his body because the Steelers are going to really run him into the ground. They're, they're going to abuse him, knowing that the fact that this is what he's going to do and then coming back and then I feel like the Steelers are going to abuse him and Le'Veon Bell is making the right decision in my shoes. I would do the same thing. I, I, you're his own business. At the end of the day, you're going to be treating yourself at the end of the day. The team does not care about you. I, I think at the really at the end of the day, Le'Veon Bell's not doing anything like crazy out of the normal here. I think what's crazy is the way that the Steelers are handling this situation. Le'Veon Bell could have been dealt and you could have gotten assets out of him where now nothing's going to happen. He's not going to play for you at all or contribute to any wins this year. He's just going to sit there. Uh, he's he's going to lose money, so you're not really paying him for this year, but uh, there, there still is that risk of, of losing him for nothing. And when you could have traded and gotten picks or maybe more players that could have helped you out this year, I, I just think that was handled really poorly. And, and yeah, you do have Sona and James Conner who, who's really going to uh, fill the, fill in those shoes. He's proven that he can. So I, I just think that he, he should have been dealt if they're not going to pay him. I, I agree with that, but you have to look at how the season started. James Conner had two good games, and then he proceeded with two games under 20 rushing yards. And the Steelers were at a they were at a low point. I think they were, they were, they were they at one point had a below 500 record. So, in their opinion, they're thinking they need the best chance of them winning more games is probably getting Le'Veon Bell back as opposed to dealing him at that time. But I totally agree. Since James Conner and the Steelers have been on this run of just offensive tear, that I mean after week probably week seven they they should have dealt him because they were hot. James Conner finally, you know. Um, maybe maybe the blocking schemes became more natural to him. Maybe the 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 zone schemes uh, just were he understood them better. His pass protection has really improved. Um, absolutely, Drew. He, they they no way he should be a Steeler right now. He should be on a different team, potentially the Jets, who are more than willing to give up assets due to their their youth already. Um, he should not be a Steeler right now. I, going back to last year, 2017, when Le'Veon Bell was playing. Uh, when he was playing against Cleveland the first week, he did have 10 uh, rushing attempts for 32 yards only. Uh, and another week, he had 15 attempts for 61 yards. I mean, he's not prone to big games all the time. I mean, he's he's a really good player, but there are some weeks like other, play- other players where he's going to have a bad week. So I feel like being in the situation with the Steelers, 
they like Brock said, they should have got some value out of him. And Drew. It is very uh, interesting to see how this offseason will play out for Le'Veon Bell. Okay, we'll get into some uh, fantasy football matchup predictions. These are just going to be pretty quick. Uh, we'll start out with Brock versus Kevin. Um, does anyone have that matchup up? Jason, I believe you do. Yeah. So right now, Brock is leading 48.1 to uh, Kevin Zero. Uh, he did have James Conner and Christian McCaffrey playing on Thursday Night Football, and they did a lot of work. Christian McCaffrey with 34 points, and James Conner's 13. You can't ask for more than that from two running back, your starting running backs. Um, it does put a hole into Kevin's uh, team, but I just feel like Brock's team is... Uh, as Kevin's team is hot, but Brock's team is for real. I, I agree, Jason. I think Kevin's team was definitely on the come up, definitely uh, coming into this week. Um, and, and I think that no matter how this week turns out, Kevin will still have a good team and a good shot at the playoffs. But, I mean, not not much you can do when McCaffrey goes out and scores 34 and then James Conner quickly got the 13 and then had a little injury. It could have been a lot worse, uh, but we might just have to chalk this week up as a win for Brock. Uh, okay, we'll move on to uh, my matchup versus Christoph. So, right off the bat, Christoph's holding two kickers. Um, I'm always going to be critical of this move. He, I understand Justin Tucker it's, is who he's holding on to, but he's the number eight kicker so far on the season, so really nothing too impressive there. But uh, diving into the real matchup, he's got Andrew Luck going against Jacksonville. Um, you know, that's that's going to be that's gonna be the game, I think. I think Aaron Rodgers for Drew is going to roast Miami, and Drew's got Michelle back this week. Keenan Allen's been hot. Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas. And, I mean, uh Kristoff made the trade for Golden Tate for Jordan Howard, which could be an interesting move, especially with a good matchup this week. But honestly, top to bottom, I don't see I don't see anywhere where Chris where Kristoff is a uh, better than Drew at any position this week. But Kristoff's team has been a a group of of under radar players overperforming. James White has really proven his role, but with Sony Michelle back, I just I just don't see him putting up twenty points a game like he's been lately. In my opinion, this is this is a this is a W for Drew. Uh, I, I do agree. It's gonna be James White versus Sony Michelle. They're playing each other, um, so it's projected right now. Drew's uh, about to score one sixteen to Kristoff's uh, one fourteen, and I like to likely agree with that. Even though projections from week to week are wrong. Yeah, you can never uh, count on the projections, obviously. I, I, sorry to interrupt you. That's okay. But uh, one thing is, uh, we the boys are mentioning how Kristoff uh, is very anxious on this week. Um, he is tied for sixth, um, so a loss would uh, still put him in the hunt, but it, it would hinder his chances. So any all the wins needed. We'll look at Jason versus Birdo now. Uh, obviously, you know... <laughs> We've seen kind of how Berto's team has performed this year. He hasn't had the best luck um, with some of the players that he's drafted. Um, and he didn't have a, a great game from Greg Olsen. He got you six points, so that, that helps. But, I mean, it, it, you know, you're, you're facing against a, a pretty good team against Jason. Uh, but, you know what, Berto did beat me, and I, I feel like I have one of the better teams in the league, so I, I don't see why anything could happen. Uh, I think... Um, Jason's flex can easily go out and uh, score six or, or less even. <laughs> wow. So I, I'm just, I mean, for now. Well, let's look at Jason's team. He's got he's got so many decisions to make for running back. He's got Tevin Coleman, Aaron Jones, Mike Davis, Adrian Peterson, and Kenyon Drake. Like, how do you, and Naheem Hines. I mean, all these guys have been pretty good this year. Uh, Mike Davis is going to have the larger role due to Chris Carson being out this week. But, I mean, 
this this could be a week where if Birdo does win, I mean, I, I really don't see it. But just because of his, I mean, Leonard Fournette coming off of his injuries, Jalen Rassard is your number number two running back, Calvin Ridley, Deshaun Jackson, your number one and two receivers. But, uh, I mean, I just see a lot of firepower on, uh, on Jason's team in terms of running backs. Maybe no definitive RB1s here, but all of them, like, high-end RB2, solid RB2 plays. I did have a conversation with Drew earlier in the week, and uh, we were. I, I did ask him for his opinion on who he would put in my flex position. Um, I it was a uh, he said Adrian Peterson, and like I had, he, he mentioned how they had injuries on their line, uh, so it's gonna hinder Peterson's chances of having that big game like he did. But he's gonna get like Drew said, three. Let's say what was what did you say in the text, Drew? Three touchdowns. What? Well, one of them's gonna be to AP. Oh yeah, so the um, who who are we? What team? Hey, the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks, right? Yeah, the Washington playing the Tampa Bay. Buccaneers. The Bucks give up an average of like twenty points per game, so it's about three touchdowns. I figure if they're giving up three touchdowns a game, I think Adrian Peterson will find one. find his way yeah. in the end zone. Yeah, I, I just see like I, I do agree with Drew on there, but I just see Mike Mike Davis is getting a lot of touches, and I, I don't fear the Rams defense as I used to. Um, especially with what Aaron Jones did to them earlier. Running backs do well against the Rams defense. That's just something I've noticed just from watching the games. Um, we'll move on to uh, Eddie versus Christian, which I'm calling right now I think will be the upset of the week. Um, and I only say that because Cam's uh, had a rough game on Thursday night with only 14.7 fantasy points. Um, I think the only real advantage that Christian has is his running backs. I think uh, Eddie has some good receivers. He has uh, Mike Evans and Landry against Atlanta who, you know, can give up a lot of points, uh, and that is at home, too. So, you know, I don't see why uh, Eddie couldn't put put up a good fight for, for this one uh, against a pretty good team. I agree that it could be the upset, but I just it's just not adding up. Melvin Gordon versus the Raiders, he, he can easily get three touchdowns. Like, not over-exaggerating, <laughs> three touchdowns. I'm not kidding. Like, if he got three touchdowns, I kind of expect him to get three touchdowns. I, I could see Saquon getting three touchdowns. At San Francisco on Monday night, also prob- also possible. But then you throw in Alvin Kamara. I agree. Who's been yeah. who's been hot as lava? I mean, Tyreek Hill has been kind of quiet lately. This could be a blow up spot for him. Cooper Cup has roasted the the Seahawks in the past, and I mean, I I just I just don't see it. Even Cam having the bad game, he's going up against. I mean, unfortunately, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, that's that's who you're putting your 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 chips against. Well, and this is why it's an upset. Yeah, but he, I, I, just Eddie's, I just don't see it. Eddie's not projected to win even after that that game with Cam. I, that's why it's an upset. Let's say Duke Johnson does go off like he did last week. No one thought he was going to go off. And if he were to go off this week, Yeah, but it's, it's against upset. Alvin Kamara. I mean, Alvin Kamara can... Okay, so uh, this is this is my take. The Saints, let's say... I don't want this to happen, but Saints have a big lead against Cincinnati. Um, they're going to have the dual th- threat running back with Mark Ingram like they did. So that's going to... You never know. He has a chance of winning. It's not a for sure. I but. think it's the receivers that's going to set them apart, I think. that That's all that I was kind of getting at is that the running backs, they're not as far apart as it looks. I mean, either one of those guys could have a bad game. Melvin Gordon hasn't been 100% all year as he has been any year. So there's no reason why they don't go up early and then the backups get some run. I just think that there there's variables in place. For Eddie to, to have an upset, and I don't think it'd be that crazy. It wouldn't take too much. For I Tampa. think it, I think it'd be crazy. Tyree Kill home against Arizona. I I he's the best receiver out of the out of both teams. I mean, Mike, Mike Evans. Evans had one point last week. I where's here's Fitz though. Fitz Fitz against Washington at home. They're gonna put up a lot of points. I 
All I'm saying is that it, it's my upset of the week, and okay. I'm, I'm standing by it. So I, we, I'm just saying I don't we'll, see it. We'll talk about it on Tuesday. Talk about it on Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> last last matchup of the night, we got Bobo versus Daniel. This is the matchup of the week. Okay, this is the matchup of the week. Look, we, at, the, look at the projections right now. Well, we had oh, a... wow. Okay. It's tied 118 to 118. 0.6 to the decimal because they matter. Decimals matter. They, they do. So <laughs> we had a... Obviously, a huge Thursday night game. Probably the best Thursday night game of the year. The top two or three, I, I'm sure. Uh, so, Bobo had Juju Smith-Schuster and Chris Boswell. Juju is 17.8. And Boswell, the Boz, uh, with the 12 points. And then on the other side, we had Kareem the Dream, a.k.a. Daniel, uh, with Antonio Brown getting 18.6. Huge game from uh, all three of their players that were going, which is why we're looking at a really good matchup so far. Uh, uh John Ross and his flex. They fantasy experts were saying John Ross is supposed to break out this year. Uh, John Ross hasn't come up anywhere. Sh- he's been short of that. So let's say he were to break out this week because of AJ Green's injury. Um, it does put Pink Bunny back on the on the win streak because he has lost three in a row. Um, that's that's my take. I I like I think the John Ross thing's a little saucy. He AJ Green is out this week. Who is his receiver? Um, it really opens up that that outside spot for John Ross. He was a great route runner in college. He had a, a solid preseason, but he's just got those soft tissue injuries that have been held, holding him back his whole career. I, I, I like this is going to be a great matchup. I mean, Deion Lewis, Daniels finally hitched his wagon to him, it looks like. And Kareem Hunt, home against Arizona. He's got Golden Tate now on his team. I mean... He's got three-headed running back. Though I consider all those guys RB ones. Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack Le- against Jacksonville. You think is the RB one? Jacksonville defense does not scare me. Marlon Mack, those uh, he's gonna he's like like you said for John Ross, he's saucy. This guy's saucy uh, for yeah for Daniel. I I agree. Yeah, I don't think Jacksonville's defense has been all, all that it's built up to be at the beginning of the year. And then when you factor in Andrew Luck's performance this year, yeah, I I, I like the matchup at home. Who do you who do you, so who do you guys got for this matchup? I in my opinion, I think. Daniel's hot right now. I think Daniel's, I, I think I Daniel's gonna pull it off. Dan, Daniel's gonna win that. I I think I'm leaning towards Bobo just because I I like Joe Mixon and then Todd Gurley obviously you know is gonna put up points. Um, Especially after having like a down week last week, kind of right. for him in his. Yeah. Do, I mean, do you roll out Jacksonville's defense? On, I mean, on I the road against Andrew Luck. Against Andrew, ooh, no. See, this is kind of like the uh, right. the Rams start that uh, Christian did last week. I don't that think, was no, that, Christian's was just stupid. This, no, I, this is questionable. That was stupid. Okay. Right? I, I agree Christian's was stupid, but I feel like yeah. I feel like it's a complacency again thing, like where they're winning and then... And well, they, he picked up Jacksonville this week. They were on the waiver wire. Oh, he did pick up Jacksonville? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so this was This is totally different then, yeah. yeah. Um... Rob Gronkowski being hurt, uh, not playing this week as the report came out, um, it kind of does make him thin with Jimmy Graham. Let's say, let's say for instance, hypothetical, Rob is healthy. Rob or Jimmy, who would you start in your tight end position? I would never bench Rob Gronkowski under any circumstance ever. The, the, yeah, so it's, it's going to hurt uh, him this week, Gronk not being there. Two weeks in a row, he's going to be out. Yeah, that one definitely hurts. Uh, so another thing about uh Bobo's team that really hurts him is AJ Green. Uh so we don't really know when he's gonna be back, right? Well no, he's seeing the the dreaded the dreaded doctor that uh usually is ending careers for or ending seasons for players in uh James Andrews. James Andrews, yeah. He's he's got a he's got an ankle or a foot? 
It's uh, injuries. Yeah, I don't even. It doesn't even say what it's on there. I thought it was a toe or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's some sort oh, of foot. Yeah, yeah, foot specialist. It's, it's a it's right a foot, foot injury, and I mean especially for a receiver, a, a bigger receiver who does use his size size speed combination like AJ Green does. I mean it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how this comes out. But like I said, that John Ross pickup could really. Uh, reap benefits from it though. Adrian Green is averaging 15.7 points a week. Uh, he is ranked 11th among the receivers. And that's missing a game too. So, so uh, that's a big, uh, as Drew mentioned, that's a big loss this week. Well, another person that utilizes his size and strength and speed, uh, Jimmy Butler, traded from the Minnesota Timberwolves to the Philadelphia 76ers for Robert Covington, Jared Bayless, Dario Saric and a second round pick. All right, guys. I know we all have a lot of big takes on this, so we'll, we'll start one by one. Jason, huge trade. Give me your thoughts. Can I first off say, Drew always breaks the news in our group chat, and this week he broke the news of Jimmy Butler. Just want to say, they, they call Woj Bomb. I call this DJ Bomb. DJ Bomb. Okay. DJ Bomb. So, <laughs> to, but, but back to the this trade. Um, it, it came out of nowhere for me, but I did see a report saying Tim Thibodeau, uh, how the how oh, dysfunctional it was. Uh, Jimmy Butler came back saying all these minutes he's playing. Come on, man. You're an NBA player. You should be happy you're getting all these minutes. There's some bench players not getting any minutes. Uh, I, I still don't like Jimmy Butler, but I feel like for this trade, it does put the Sixers on top in the East, competing with the Celtics and the Toronto Raptors. Um, Chemistry-wise, I don't know how that's going to go. There's a lot of ball that needs to be. There's Jimmy Butler. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Um, who's gonna get the ball? There's Markel Fultz. It's gonna limit him. I feel like oh, yeah, this trade is gonna hurt Markel Fultz the most. But I feel like this is a good trade. Um, I, for the they got Robert Covington. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Robert Covington and yeah. So I, I feel like Jimmy Butler. Let's see what he does in the East. So you're saying that you don't like Jimmy Butler because he wants to limit his minutes, but you're saying that you agree with Le'Veon Bell sitting out because uh, his longevity. This is, this is this different. Is, this is we're talking about basketball and football. Football, I understand. This is like one hit, you're you're done. With I, basketball, you get 41 minutes, you should be happy. There are some players like I get that, but they play 82 games. If you play 41 minutes a game for 82 games, and he's not at the beginning of his career, he's towards the later later middle of his career it's it's still his prime and he's a great player but he's he's expected to guard the best player every night and you're saying it's fine for Le'Veon Bell but not for him I, okay Jimmy Butler he should know what he's expecting coming to play for Tim Thibodeau Tim Thibodeau runs his players to the ground each and every week each and every game actually he wanted to go to the Timberwolves so I feel like for he for him to actually say that now is it's it's astonishing uh, I, there's nothing more to say he, Jimmy Butler is a diva Okay, Simple okay, as that. Okay. I, I don't want to turn this into a Jimmy Butler hate podcast, but um, I think the biggest thing here is this definitely sets Philadelphia into that top three conversation in the East. With I don't I don't know if the Celtics are even in it right now due to their their just terrible defense, but They're it's 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 them. I I agree. They think they will turn it around, but it's them in Toronto at the top, and you're replacing Markel Fultz with Jimmy Butler, really. Yeah. And I understand Saric and Bobkov have really played a lot of minutes for them this year. But I mean, Jimmy Butler's presence on the wing is gonna be is gonna be significantly more impressive than what Bobkov and uh, Sarge have done, especially defensively. So obviously, this trade was made because uh, it all stemmed from Jimmy Butler not being happy, kind of with the work ethic of Big Cat and uh, who was it? Uh, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins. 
Um, so that kind of deems the question. Uh, if you're if you're a GM or an owner of a franchise, who would you go with, Jimmy Butler or Carl Anthony Towns right now, today? I don't know if, if that's necessarily the question that they're asking because in the offseason they chose to pay Cat versus him. But because it's it's different when it's a, a contract versus this season. I mean, right now, Jimmy Butler is having the best numbers numbers of his career, and he's been an all-pro, all-NBA player in his career. And he's having he's shooting more threes than ever. He's making more than ever. He's scoring more points, rebounds. The only things that he's uh, decreased in is he has slightly more turnovers per game and less assists per game. But I think that stems from his lack of trust in his guys, and he's trying to will that team to victories. And I think... I think he's going to be a great addition for Philadelphia. This remember when we talked about this in other previous podcasts, yes. JB versus Cat. And Cat has had he's been terrible this year relative to what he's being paid and what was expected out of him. He hasn't he hasn't produced. That is true. Cat hasn't been performing as he should be. Um, I feel like with this trade, he is going to boost up. Um, but like Brock was saying, this is really going to help the Sixers in the East. All right. So the Sixers, we've already decided have going to obviously uh improve and contend there up there with the raptors and the celtics um so what do we think about the wolves in this trade obviously uh trading them over to the east so uh not hurting them necessarily uh in that sense so what, what do you guys think about the wolves outlook i i like the haul that they got if uh as long as that as long as that uh report that houston offered three first round picks isn't true but uh, Saric, is a, he's a solid young player. Uh, Robert Covington is a good three-point shooter. He's great for today's NBA. A good 3 and D guy. And But here's the thing. They're not going to add up more wins than what Jimmy Butler would have given them. They were only able to beat the Pacers, the Lakers, the Cavs, and the Jazz, who all have been underperforming this year. And the Lakers actually came back and beat them the second time they played. So this team, I, I think that they play too old school. They play their starters way too many minutes. And maybe this was a move to give more to spread out the minutes more to deepen their bench a little bit. Um, I don't think it was a bad trade for either team, and uh, hopefully, like I said, it spreads out the minutes across the across the bench a little bit more for the Wolves, where Big Cat and and Wiggins aren't playing forty minutes a game like Tibbs usually does with his guys. One thing I want to do say, uh, this trade reminds me of that Paul George trade to the Thunder, where the Thunder gave up Sabonis. And they gave up uh, Victor Oladipo. I mean, those guys aren't anything like a Robert Covington, Jared Bayless, or a Sarek. But it feels like they're giving a big player up for these role players. And I feel like the, these role players will help the Wolves. It, it seems very similar. All right, now we'll get into the Lakers. Uh, kind of been struggling a little bit recently, and Luke Walton has definitely been on the hot seat. Uh, one of those things being is his inconsistency in making the lineups. Uh so what do you guys think uh, the Lakers' best starting lineup is or kind of what, what rotation do you think they should be using? Who should be the first one off the bench? Okay, so Brandon Ingram has stated before his suspension uh, that he does want to start and not come off the bench. Uh, my deal is, in this league, you got to be a team player. and it's, I mean, I know Brandon Ingram wants, wants to eat and wants to be the guy, but I feel like with this team, you gotta you got to be on – you got to be what's best for the team. Kuzma starting is best. If if this means winning, he needs to come off the bench. And for me, I, I have... Okay, guys, Lamar Odom. You guys will like... We all will witness what he did. He did not care if he came off the bench. He just knew that he would make an impact. 
he can be with the second squad leading them, uh, that's all that matters. But some of these guys have big ego, and, and I and I think I'd be the same way. But I feel like, is it a big deal starting, or is it? Would you guys rather come off the bench? I think it's difficult just because when when you go into well, let's take it back to the end of last year during exit meetings. I'm sure one of the biggest things that Rob Plank and Magic Johnson have for Brandon Ingram is we want to see that fire in you. We want to see you be a winner, play like a winner, show some emotion. So here he is showing some emotion, saying, "No, I'm not. I don't. I'm not a bench player. I want to start." Every single player in the NBA, I don't care if you're one through one thousand, should believe that you you start and should believe that you deserve to start. You believe that you're the best player on the team. If you don't have that mindset, then why are you playing the game? I understand that you do have to accept roles and. And, you know, when, when it comes down to it, the coach makes the final decision. But just because you say in the media that you want to start, I, I think it's more about showing that Brandon Ingram is growing his competitiveness as opposed to, you know, being a diva. I love the way you worded that take, honestly. That's exactly how I feel. I feel like you need to you, – you're in the NBA. You're getting paid millions of dollars. You, you need to believe that you're the best because the guy across from you thinks that he's the best. And the guy that's starting over you thinks he's the best. And the guy that's behind you thinks he's the best. Um, you to be good or great in professional sports you have to have an alpha mindset and filling a role is important for teams but personally you have to believe that you're one of the best players on the team regardless of what you actually are because you have to have that belief in yourself and you got to have that passion and that drive to believe that you know how to put in the work to get to that point um, but you show us. Like, yeah I, I understand that you, you got to show it on the court first but I really like hearing that out of Brandon Ingram. And whenever a player says, like, I want to be a starter, they're saying that they want to be a top-five player on the team. They want to be there during crunch time. They want to be there when, when the going gets tough, when they're down 10 with, with you know, eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They are saying they want to be the dude in there. I, I feel like it's different being a starter. Okay, you can start, but you, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to finish the game off. There are some players that come off the bench and finish off. So I feel like, I mean, starting's not a big deal. As long as you in there for the final minutes is what kind of matters for me. But you guys do have some good. That that's a very good take about um, being having that mindset. Yeah, I mean that's something that's recently changed in the NBA is where the six man is playing thirty three minutes a game like Lou Williams. So um, it's definitely different now. But I mean, I I think starting is still like a, a status more than anything that uh, players bragging players type want. of thing like. Now, with all that being said, and we are saying that we, we all agree that we like what we're seeing out of Brandon Ingram as far as his competitiveness and, and all that coming out. But that being said, when you look at it and the way that the game's being played uh, alongside LeBron James, who are the best people to play with him now? And the answer to that, quite frankly, is Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma. And I see uh, Hart coming off the bench, but Kuzma's starting alongside Lonzo Ball. Uh... I, I think that those are the players that are working best with LeBron James. And if if Brandon Ingram needs to come off the bench and be the leader of the bench unit, I think the ball he'll get much more uh, time with the ball, and he'll he'll be able to uh, rack up some assists as well. Okay, leading into that, who would you finalize if you were Luke Walton? Who would you put in the lineup? Who's your starting lineup? Well, I think I'd stick with Javale, even though uh, we we have Tyson now, a, a really good defensive big, uh, and that might be matchup based going forward. But obviously, Javale gives us a spark off the bench. Uh, then you you know you got LeBron. Uh, I mentioned that I like Kuzma as well as um, Lonzo, and then um, I, I I guess I would have to throw in Josh Hart just because 
you know, the, the defense, the three and D mentality. Uh, and I love the hustle, obviously, from him. And then I, I love the idea of, of Brandon Ingram coming off the bench. And even you could play point guard off the bench. I mean, I know you're going to have either Rondo or Lonzo on either side of that. But I, I think Ingram with the ball in his hands is where he's most effective. The problem with Ingram coming off the bench is, look, if, if Rondo as, as well as Lance Stevenson are also coming off the bench, those are two guys that need the ball in their hands. So I think that that opens up more maybe off-the-ball opportunities for Brandon Ingram in terms of open threes. But um, his, his ability to drive is second to none really on the team besides LeBron. I, I think that he's shown a lot in that with the ball in his hands, and that takes the ball out of his hands putting him on the bench. That's the only thing, for in my opinion. There it was a stat with the plus or minus when Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma started alongside LeBron James that had the highest plus rate compared to Rajon Rondo or Brandon Ingram. So it says a lot, but, I mean, it's ultimately not our decision. Um, but Luke Walton does have to make some decisions because of consistency issues. Yeah, and one of those decisions Luke Walton uh, made was that the center position was really getting exposed. So we did go out uh, and made that deal for Tyson Chandler. Um, apparently, there is a little uh, favoritism going on. Uh, LeBron James contacted Suns GM James Jones. Uh, obviously, they won some champions championships together in Miami and asked to kind of expedite the release or the buyout of Tyson Chandler uh, to expedite the process of him coming over. Obviously, they needed that help, and lo and behold, Tyson Chandler gets a nice tip out at the end of the game to kind of seal the deal uh, on that last one that they had. So what do you guys think about LeBron's uh, use uh, with the front office over in Phoenix? So relationships in the NBA are huge. You, you need to look no further than the Pau Gasol acquisition for the Lakers. Um, that was Jerry West working with the Grizzlies, and he basically gave the Lakers Pau Gasol for, for Kwame Brown. And that's why relationships in this business is so important, and you have pull like LeBron. Look how LeBron treated James Jones. He was one of those guys he demanded on his team, basically, the during that seven, eight-year run that they were together in, in the finals. Um, and they both are very savvy, basketball-minded individuals, regardless they're going to get rid of Wilson Chandler because of the youth that they do have in the big position in Phoenix. And I think that, like I said, just a part of, oh, I'm sorry, but uh, Tyson Chandler. And I think that that's just, that's just a part of the game. You're going to work with your friends a lot easier than you're going to work with people that you don't know as well or potential enemies, you know? So I thought it was great. I thought that's, that's obvious. That's why you build relationships. That's why it's a big deal. I definitely agree with that. Um, being ethical guys, would you guys have done the same thing if you were James Jones? It's not. Fr- it's not about ethics. It's LeBron said, "Are you gonna Are you gonna release him?" Because that's what the plan was all the way. It's the writing's on the wall. When you have a veteran like that that's not getting minutes, and he's been there for a couple years, his his contract is not doing anything for them. Like LeBron's just like, "Hey, what's up?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna cut him." And it's up to him. He could have gone anywhere. It's not like he was claimed or he could have gone wherever he wanted to. And he just chose the Lakers. So I don't think there's any any ethical like situation here. Yeah, definitely agree. I, I don't think there's anything crazy going on. Obviously, they they had full intentions of cutting him, and I, I think he was aware of that too. Uh, t- that being Tyson Chandler. So, you know, all all fair games. You know, it's a win win. The the Suns know they're not going anywhere this year, and the Lakers know that they, there's a shot for the playoffs, and uh, that, that that might be about it. But anyway, boys, I think we all know what time it is. Uh, it's time to get into the Coffee Time segment. Uh, today, we have a little bit of NBA trivia that Jason's going to lead for us. All right, guys. So basically, this game is naming the f- 
the top five or the top playoff point scores in every period every year so um, it's a range of 2014 2018 is the first one so basically the top player to score in the playoffs the most okay average or total points total points okay so i'm gonna give you guys i'm gonna okay so <laughs> number one who do you i'm gonna give you guys a top two players who are they LeBron James, number one. Okay, so easy. Yeah, that was that's obvious. When obvious. He, he scored 40 points like six times last year. Okay, and then who would be I'm number gonna two say, from 2014 to 2018? I'm going to say Kevin Durant. Okay, okay. That, you guys are two for two. Hey, <laughs> okay. ding, ding, you ding. Guys just wanna, okay, you know what? We're going to go to the next one. Um, let's go 2012 to 2016. Number one and two. 2012. I'm going to say Steph Curry is on that list. Steph Curry is actually fourth. Oh. Okay. I mean, don't think too hard, guys. LeBron James. Number one. I, I I figured LeBron was on that list just because of the amount of games he played in the playoffs, but it's got to be who who else who's in the playoffs a lot. The Mavs. Not that much. The well, I mean. Think about the West. This team was in the, the West. West. Pretty hot okay. every year. They were in contention. Uh, just never had enough though. Um, Russell Westbrook? Um, no, that's a bad guess. That was, a, that that was, was number five. That was a really bad that guess. Bad, you guys are very close with that pick. Kevin Durant? Yes. Oh, it's the okay. same thing? Yes. All right. Okay. okay. You know what? That was, that was a troll question. That is a very troll, but I got you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this one. You always know how to frustrate me during these days. Hey, guys. I, I got to do what I got to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So 2008 to 2012, who was number one and two? Kobe Bryant, obviously. Oh, I wanted to say Kobe <laughs> Bryant. <laughs> I wanted to say Kobe Bryant. <laughs> All right, who's number two? Okay, I guess I'll I'll take this one. Uh, 2008 to 2012. <sighs> Is it? Oh, man, I got two guesses. I got it. two guesses as well, and I think we're thinking of the same All right, person. You say the other guy. I'm going to say the oh, other okay. guy, okay? I'm going to say LeBron James. Okay, you guys got it. Oh, yes. were you going to say Paul Pierce? I was thinking Paul I was Pierce. Thinking Paul Pierce. I was thinking Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is okay. number three on the list. Yeah. Wow, we're good. Okay. You guys want to say, who was number four on that list, which I didn't even know scored that many points in that range? Ray Allen. Kevin Garnett. Okay. Uh, Ray Allen was on there, tied with Dwayne Wade. Oh, Dwayne. Pal fourth on that list. Wow. Big difference for the Lakers. Adding Gasol to the fire. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So this the one, let's see if, you know, I don't know if you guys will get this one. 2005 to 2009. Number one and two. Who scored right. the most? I want to go first. Okay. Shaq. Mm. Oh. No, that was, Shaq was a little guess. past the prime. Yeah, he was, was a little, little worse teams. Bad guess. Okay. Man, that's really tough. This is, this is where I'm thinking Tim Duncan. Ooh, nice guess. That was number one. Wow, yes. That yes. was extremely impressive. <laughs> okay. All right. And the second place only separates it by three points in that league. So the first, Tim Duncan scored 1,764. Second player scored 1,761. What was the, the years? 2005 to 2009. 5 to 09. Uh, man, I know. What, this team was hot in hot. the East. Eastern. I'm gonna say conference. he was hotness. In, his, in this prime this year. They, oh, this I'm kid. Gonna, no, don't. Is it? I'm not gonna say anything crazy. Let me think. Let me think this through a little more. What, what I, were you saying? I'm. I think it's someone who's been mentioned before, right, Jason? Yes, definitely. Yeah, I know who it is. Okay. D Wade. Mm. Oh. oh not even in the guess. top five. That Wait, bad guess. Not a not a bad good guess. guess. Bad guess. Bad guess. 
Bad guess. Bad guess. Wait, <laughs> better bad guess, better hint. Yeah, we better hint. hint. That was a better hint. hint. Okay, East. They uh, okay did that okay, already. Okay, next hint. Spurs swept them. Chauncey Billups. He's on the list, but he's number you? four. That's a good guess. Okay. You know, all these players were very close in, in their sh- in their scoring. So it, who did they sweep? That's the thing. Was I, it, I wait before the championship? It could have been any. It's in it the cha- just, well. Okay, I'll go champions. championship. Dwight Howard. No. No. Wait, who? The Spurs. LeBron James. Yes. Oh my God! It's always LeBron. LeBron's Come always on, guys. LeBron James has been in the top scoring ever since two thousand five. He ever, ever since then he's always been in the top three at least. LeBron James has been taking over. Well, what do you expect when he, he goes to the championship every single year? Okay, so for the last one, I'll make it interesting, guys. Okay. I'm going to go back to 2000, 2000 to 2004. Who do you think scored the most? And this time, guys, number one scored a lot of points. 2001 to 2004, that's... 2000, yeah, 2000 to that's, 2004. I mean, that's Shaq, yeah. Bing, 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 bing. I was, I was only four years off. Yeah, no, that was that was a really easy guess. That, that, yeah, he scored a lot of points. And then who would be number two? I mean, the answer is the answer, and that is Allen Iverson. <laughs> oh, <laughs> number four. <laughs> Good guess, though. I'm going to say Tracy McGrady. Oh, <laughs> bad guess. Where was he on the list? He's not even on the list. He rarely made the playoffs. Yao Ming. <laughs> okay. You guys already mentioned these players before. There's one player that you guys haven't mentioned, but number two you mentioned and number three you mentioned. Don't think too hard. They're both in the West. All these guys are in the West, actually. Tim Duncan. Yes, that's number three. Number two is still missing, though. Hmm. Number two, and it's a player we've already mentioned. Yes. Well, oh. we know it's not LeBron because he wasn't in the league. Exactly. <laughs> um, he was in high school, probably still averaging uh, more points than everyone else. Um, Don't think too hard. In the West, Kobe Bryant. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I didn't yeah. think very hard. Kobe. And then just for just for you know fun, who do you guys think number five was? I don't think you guys would ever get number five. I have five. no, I have no idea. He was on the Kings. Uh, Chris Webber. Yeah, Bing. Good. Bing. And there you go, guys. You'd say it. That's good. That's good. Thank you. Okay. It's okay. So this this quiz uh, averaged a s- score of seventy nine percent. So it's not the easiest, but it's still not the hardest. I uh, think we were right around average. You guys did really well on this test compared to the last this or that. Uh, <laughs> by the way, guys, donkeys do kill more than hippos and alligators and, and scorpions. I'll, I'll, you you gave us that last week, but I asked for sources. I didn't there, ask. Okay. I didn't ask for con- what I want the listeners to look up is type in. They're not donkey- going to look it up. That's not their job. That's your job. No, donkey. Type it in. That's There's a bunch of sources you can list. One through like 200. There's all sources say donkeys kill more than other animals. <sighs> all right. Well, <laughs> I, I guess we'll end it there. We'll give one more shout out to Kevin. Happy birthday, my friend. Happy birthday. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Uh, as always, uh, thanks for listening and catch us next time. All right. Like and subscribe. Bye.